Well, welcome back to another edition of the Bet Victor podcast. And boy, we've got a jam-packed show for you. After giving you a couple of decent football winners last week, we'll be going through the Premier League action once again. We're joined later on by Gab Sutton to cover the Football League. And of course, we'll touch on the Six Nations, another round of games heading up there. But joining Dougie and me to kick off the podcast is, I think it's fair to say, one of the sporting stories of the last seven days. Uh, a big welcome to Jordan Brown, who was victorious in the Bet Victor Welsh Open. Jordan, how are you? I'm great, mate. How are you? Yeah, really good. Um, fantastic. Thank you for joining us, first of all. Uh, I understand, I don't think your feet have quite touched the floor since uh, since the big win. Yeah, I still can't quite believe it. It's going to take a while to sink in, that's for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's been great. As sporting shocks go, Jordan, you've sort of written yourself into folklore, and I think the story was probably amplified and, and picked up in the wider media, not only because of the fact that you were an outsider that's won the tournament, but obviously beating Ronnie in the final... And the way that played out, it, it was like something from a film. When you first came into snooker, is that kind of the, 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 the level you felt you were capable of getting to? Is that always been the aim to yourself? Yeah, well, so, uh, every sort of player's dream is to win a tournament eventually, to become world champion and all that there. But to play Ronnie O'Sullivan in the, in the final, in my opinion, is the greatest of all time. An absolute idol of mine. Uh, definitely is going to live with me forever. What was your... Uh Sort of expectations, Jordan, before you before you were going into the tournament, did you have your eye on any particular goal? Or, I mean, how, yeah, how were you feeling? Um, the form was pretty good leading into it. I was just off the back of a German Masters quarterfinal. That's the furthest I've previously got in a tournament. So I knew my game was there. So, but I was just more or less the same, just get uh, through a few rounds and then see where it had taken me. And uh, yeah, but never did I envisage you know, getting as far as I did. So. I know, Jordan, there's been a few bits of pieces in the media written about just how close you were potentially to, to coming away from the sport. But was it was it a very serious consideration of, of completely giving up snooker? Yeah, um, it, it was just a key point in my life where I just wasn't putting the effort in, wasn't willing to put the effort in. And some days I just struggled to get out of the house really. Um, so it just came to a point where I just needed to give myself a good kick out of the backside and say, right, I've got the talent, I've got the game, you need to put the work in. So I just basically... Went from there, and uh, yeah, it's, I've read the awards since. Uh, and looking ahead now, obviously, th- this is huge for you, and no one wants to quickly walk past the achievement, but do you think this could genuinely be a, a real springboard moment for you that's going to hopefully see you progress a- a- and you know get closer to reaching more finals and potentially winning again? Do you think th- this is perhaps what you've needed all along? Yeah, I like to think so. I think uh, I've always believed in my ability and my game, uh, to compete with the top players, and uh, yeah, it's going to stand me in good stuff for the future and open up doors, you know, to some bigger events. Like, so I'm nearly qualified for the third championship now, and uh, two qualifying matches away from the world championships, and you know, hopefully, just uh, build on it, you know, and prove that the last Open victory was it was no flip. Have you had uh, much time to celebrate, Jordan, or has it all been media commitments and everything else? Uh, listen, I, I, I love it all. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's all part and parcel of it. But um, I was glad to have a day off yesterday, I must admit. You know, not uh, didn't lift the queue at all yesterday, just to sort of chill out, re- recharge the batteries. and uh, Yeah, it's just all, all part of success, I suppose. Jordan, obviously from your part of the world, Northern Ireland seems to have this habit of producing brilliant snooker players when you look back through the years. 
Um, what yeah. what is it about the sport? Do you think it still has a, a real strong appeal uh, where you're from? Yeah, uh, uh, sport in general. You, you see in golf, you see what mm. uh, the likes of Roy McIlroy and uh, Darren Clark, you know, won the Open a few years ago. Ray McDowell, you know, they've, they've all punched well above their weight and uh, also the, the Northern Ireland national football team qualifying for the Euros. I mean, nobody expected that. No. I think it's just... Uh, I think we all just get behind each other in a massive way, and uh, me, me and Mark Allen are no different. And I don't think that support's ever going to change because we're such a small population and uh, such a close knit community. Yeah, it's it's great for Northern Ireland as a whole, and just to follow in the footsteps of the likes of the greats of the past, likes of Dennis and Alex, and um, heroes of mine growing up. You know, it's it's definitely something special. Um, um, just take us back to to walking out for that final. I mean, it, it, I think I read somewhere you, you, you'd sort of said to yourself you were going to play the game and not play Ronnie as such and focus on the table and not on your opponent who sat there. How easy is it to do that? Because at times it looked remarkably easy for you to do that, and, and I find that astounding. It may, look, it may have looked easy, but it certainly didn't feel that way. I just had a strategy going into it, as you say, just don't play Ronnie, you know, and play the ball from the table, and I knew my game was good enough on it. And I did firmly believe that, that I could win that match. Uh, because if you start like watching the Ronnie, Ronnie, you know, what he does on the table, it's just, it's frightening what he can do. Um, I didn't pay for a ticket to watch the Ronnie O'Sullivan show. I just, I wanted to, to play, you know, play my part in the final and, uh, you know, so, so approved that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's a, a really interesting mindset to, to come in with. And obviously things are a little bit strange. I don't know how many behind closed door events you've been playing recently, but I suppose that's the one thing. It must have been a little bit disappointing to not have a crowd there with you to to, to cheer you on and celebrate afterwards. You know, friends and family there. Yeah, it was the only side downside. You know, uh, you always see players winning, and you have their their wives and their their, their parents, you know, coming out for their photos and that. I did miss all that, you know, and it mm. wasn't a lot of fun going back to the hotel room afterwards. And, you know, having a Bought a champagne on my own, but it, uh, I'm, I'm sure whenever I get home, uh, I'm sure I'll head home and we'll have a party whenever I would say it's safe to do so and the, the sections are after, Yeah, I mean, listen, if Liverpool are going to celebrate last season's title with a parade at some point, even though they're, they're not looking like they're going to retain it, I think you can be excused, Jordan, for having a party whenever you want to celebrate this achievement. Oh, definitely, because yeah. yeah. It, it, it certainly is remarkable. Now, uh, we've got a little quick fun quiz for you. So, I've got four nicknames listed for you when I was doing my homework. Wh- which is your favourite? Because I-, I couldn't guess, to be fair. Well, Big Big Jordan. I like that one, personally. I thought that was a good nickname. What's your favourite? Al McManus calls me Big Jordy. <laughs> in a strong Glaswegian accent. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think uh, the way he says it in particular, I think that really... Uh, I think that's my favourite one. Yeah, I, I know a few big jobbies as well. That must be quite a common thing. Oh, I don't even know yeah, that. yeah, I know a couple, yeah. There we go. Well, listen, a massive thank you for giving us some of your time, Jordan. Obviously, it's a real shame we weren't no there problem. to give you, the, give you the trophy in person, but we'll be following the rest of your season with interest and we wish you very, very best of luck. And well done for winning the bet, Victor. Welsh Open. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. See you soon. Cheers. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Should I take boosted odds on the big lad to score first or risk a cheeky bet on the new boy? 
Listen, back in the day, people were always offering me deals on players. But sometimes, despite the fans screaming for me to sign them and the chairman having the cash, if I wasn't sure, then it wasn't worth the gamble. Sometimes your best bet is not to take the bet at all. Oh, got a run, pal. The dog's just peed in me slippers. Harry? Listen to Harry, and please gamble responsibly. 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. Well, welcome back, and I'm delighted to say we've got resident rugby nut and expert JK joining us. JK, how you doing? Very good, Sam. Thanks for having me back. No problem. Dougie and me are ready to pick your brains about the next round of Six Nations games. Uh, it's been a an interesting uh, tournament so far. Uh, I must say, as a very, very uh, armchair and novice England fan, uh, it's not been too enjoyable, but uh, obviously they did manage to put things right last time out. We'll kick off looking at three games, uh, recording a little bit ahead of time, so these lines may change as do the prices, but we'll go through them with a fine tooth comb. And uh, the opener on Saturday, JK, is Italy uh, at home to Ireland. Uh, Italy given a head start of just over 20 points on the handicap, plus 21 is 20 to 23 at time of recording Ireland. Got to overcome that at ten to eleven, and the draw twenty-five to one. Um, contrasting scenes last time out. Ireland did they? Was it fair to say nearly pulled off a bit of a shock against France in conditions that would have favoured them? Yeah, they did. They, well, they did and they didn't. The scoreline actually probably flattered Ireland quite a bit. The, the conditions were bad. France were some of the rugby they played once again was was absolutely sensational, and I think uh, yeah. It was a lot closer than it really should have been, um, and mainly, mainly by mainly by the weather and um, some Irish try towards the end. But yeah, France were by far the better side. Um, so yeah, don't let the don't let the scoreline fool you into thinking that the Ireland are nearly up there um, with France. So you know, there's you're right. There's been a lot of unusual goings on in, in the Six Nations so far. But what's not unusual is Italy getting beaten every week. Um, Ireland don't look great, but. You know they're definitely going to beat Italy, but Italy managed to put a couple of tries on England last week, who, who, who will come to. And you know, despite England's woes, that's no mean feat. So I do actually quite like the look of Italy plus twenty-one. Um, I think that's like 20, 20 to twenty-three. Um, you always have to kind of. It's always quite difficult backing Italy on big handicaps because you know they're going to lose. So you're basically praying they don't lose by by that by that amount of that amount. But wow. yeah, they're the bet. You, you, Ireland just Ireland's attack just doesn't look like they've got that many points on them. And and Italy will probably score at least ten points, probably more more like fourteen to seventeen. So Italy plus twenty one, quite a quite a confident bet here. I guess you just need the Italians to kind of have a decent start and at least not go behind by a couple of scores early doors. If they get to half time, sort of within a score, would that be a massive, massive plus point in terms of trying to get, get them over the line with your handicap bet there? Of course, yeah, it absolutely would be. I mean, that, that would be nothing out of the ordinary. The, the famously, the, the reliable bet you can always trust is Italy on the first half handicap and the other team on the second half handicap. So, you know, if, if that, but if, if that, it's with good reason, if that plays to form, then yeah, absolutely. We're in it, we're in it at half time and I'd expect the, um, the 21 to, to come home. Next up for me is, well, it's the game of the weekend. I'll be making sure I'm sat in front of the television for this one. Uh, Wales host England. And we were talking off air before this, JK, and I was trying to get an understanding from you. Obviously, this Welsh side you've sort of stressed in previous podcasts is a, a real sort of work in progress, refining itself. But England is a little bit more of the, the same old, same old. So uh, an interesting comparison between the pair who, who face off here. 
Yeah, really intriguing game, this. Um, you, you're quite right. Same old, same old for England is, is absolutely what we're getting. Um, I'm not going to go on a get on my soapbox about my feelings about Eddie Jones. My friends are, are sick of hearing about it. Um, and, you know, he's the man in charge at the minute. And, and so we are where we are. But before the tournament, I was really excited to back England at, at any, any kind of minus. But you were two games in. Um, England have not perform well. Obviously, we covered the Scotland game. Uh, everyone, everyone's covered the Scotland game previously. Uh, they were average against Italy. They got the job done. Weren't anywhere near covering uh, the handicap in that. I don't expect to see much team change from uh, from Eddie. Not that he could if he wanted to. There's obviously a lot of calls for your Sam Simmonses and your, your Don Brants and even Joe Simmons to, to get a call up. But he's got his small squad and that's what he's going to be working with. Um, for Wales, I was really keen to oppose them. In, in every game. I still am quite keen, but probably not in this game. And there's a couple of reasons why. They've got some really key players back. Uh, George North's going to be back. I imagine he'll play in the centre. Josh Adams, of course, who was top try scorer at the World Cup, is going to be back on um, one of the wings. We should probably put Liam Williams at fullback and, and the sensation of the tournament, Louis Rees-Zamet. Um, on the other wing. And that's a pretty formidable back line on paper. Um, they've often struggled to convert it into points, but it really does look quite exciting. And of course, everyone will have eyes on the battle between uh, Zamet and uh, Johnny May, who of course are teammates at Gloucester. Um, wing Play on opposite wings there. So it'll be a really intriguing clash. Uh, kind of the the young pretender against the the, the old veteran, the, the one who's been there and, and done it all before. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Mr. Rhys Zamet came out on top. But... Yeah, there's a couple of stats that really kind of suggest that you want to be looking, if you're going to have a bet, you want to be looking at Wales. Um, plus sevens at four to five on on the side at the moment, and that would have covered in um, the last six played at the Millennium Stadium. Uh, so, and I think it's about 11 of the last six, 14 or so of, of the games. Of, that might, might That's slightly wrong, but, um, and that, that, but yeah, it's a compelling case to back Wales. And I think, I think it'll probably just about do it but mate there's a bet that you know if you want a little bit of a bigger price quite interesting england to win by one to seven points at five to two yeah. um captures a, is a is captures a little bit of interest uh if you want to avoid avoid the handicaps and and if you definitely don't want to be cheering wales on um and yeah if, the try score prize on out at the moment but resam it'll definitely be worth a worth a look at any time try what sort uh, of price sure would you want to back him at jk how short would you go to back him um, well, he was, first game he was about 100 to 30. Um, second game, about nine to four, five to two, and it's going to only going to come in there at home. Um, I'd be taking. I'd happily take six to four. Okay, interesting. Um, we'll have to see what price that comes out. Uh, you can check that out over at betvix.com. But JK, if I push you for it, come on, give us your prediction for the England game. I want, I want, a, I want a, an Arden off the fence opinion. England by three. There we go. And finally, JK. If you had to give you a nap for the weekend on any of the handicap lines or any better, what, what would be the nap of the weekend? Oh, it's slightly annoying. There's no try score price just yet, but I, I'm definitely interested in what price uh, Reece Summit would be. I said, I'd happily take six to four. Anything, you know, if you can get some, it's against England. So he, he could well be overpriced any two to one. I'd, I'd absolutely snap up, but I'm, I'm going to be hiding behind my sofa for it, but I think better the weekend is Italy plus 21. Oh, well, we're going to, we're gonna gonna get it out the way nice and early, J.K., which is the good thing. So hopefully we'll be cheering on a winner and uh, a massive thank you for your contribution. Uh, we'll have you back on soon uh, to talk about possibly 
Eddie Jones's continued beginning of the end. Uh, hopefully not, but we shall see. Uh, big thank you for your time. Love talking rugby with you. Yeah, pleasure as always, guys. Thanks very much, and see you next time. Cheers. Hey, Harry. Hello, mate. Set smart TV to record the football later. You've got to be joking, haven't you? I haven't got a clue. But I tell you what, if you want to chuck a few quid on it, your best bet is to try that BetVictor app. Even I'm a whiz on that. Listen to Harry and make your best bet with BetVictor. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. Son, seen the remote? Well, welcome back to the BetVictor podcast. And in this segment, we're going to talk to our resident football league guru, expert and general massive fan of all things Football League, joined by Gab Sutton. Gab, uh, how are you? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, I'm looking forward to discussing the latest football news and giving you my selections for this weekend. Yeah, we'll come to the selections. Three interesting choices this week that have got some good reasoning when we spoke off air. Looking forward to sharing those. But I think the first place we've got to kick off, obviously, (laughs) it's been the season to to chop and change managers. And Bournemouth, probably the most high-profile club to to be having significant change. at one point, we had a, a very significant move uh, in the betting markets for Thierry Henry. Um, <laughs> he 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 seemed in certain quarters to be nailed on to be going to Bournemouth. And then we go and find that they do what I think was the right thing anyway and, and give Jonathan Woodgate a, a chance till at least the end of the season, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, Sam. Um, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, th- I think... Um, I think the Bournemouth board would argue that there's some merit in giving the job to somebody who already knows the squad and has already delivered reasonable results in his time in charge. Um, I, I, I think the uh, the flip side to that is that Woodgate uh, didn't have the best record as manager at Middlesbrough. He left with them pretty deep in, in relegation trouble and... It seems surprising that his next opportunity is at a club with ambitions of getting into the the Premier League. Um, I think that there's a possibility that Bournemouth could drop out of the um, the top six if one of the sides below them uh, can find form. So, not 100% sold on that appointment myself. That's interesting, Gab. Just to run through some prices, four to one uh, at the moment with ourselves uh, to win promotion. Uh, from the championship, Gab obviously not too keen on that. It seems at this point in time to make the playoffs, they're eight to fifteen. So a few markets in there that if you do think it's a good appointment, you may want to have a look at. Uh, Dougie, I know you wanted to quiz Gab on a couple of other appointments. Yeah, it's been a bit of a, a managerial merry-go-round in the in the championship in, in in recent months, and I see Gab the the two Bristol sides have um, got themselves a couple of well-known. Well-known names in there. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, Nigel Pearson and um, and Joey Barton uh, working in the same city. They obviously uh, worked together at Newcastle United when Pearson was uh, an assistant there. Two very um, lively characters, I think you'd have to say. Yeah. Yeah. Bristol City obviously got a great result uh, last night at Middlesbrough, winning 3-1. Uh, Pearson wasn't on the touchline for that, but he did have a watching brief, and certainly Bristol City players are key to uh, make a real impact on their new manager, who's, of course, um, last time he was managing at this level, he uh, won the title with with Leicester City and, of course, built the foundations for the Leicester side that um, that actually went on to win the Premier League title in, in 15-16. With, uh, with Joey Barton, of course, 
it's going to be really interesting to see what sort of impact he can make at Bristol Rovers. He's quite, um, as I've mentioned before, he's quite a character that likes to kind of throw himself into situations, I guess. And uh, whereas his predecessor, Paul Tisdale, was probably a bit more measured in his approach. But I feel like Barton has that ability to motivate players. And um, and I feel like that's the kind of leadership Bristol Rovers may need um, in, in a League One relegation battle. But his first game in charge didn't quite go to plan 2-1 home defeat to Wigan. Do you think they get on, do you think they get on Barton and, uh, and Pearson? Do you think that would be a, an odd couple? <laughs> a couple um, yeah it'd be funny if they if they rented the flat together wouldn't it um, I bet they'd have yeah. some, some fun conversations I could uh, see them both having a pint together I think uh, yeah I, I, I think as long as it stayed at one would be alright but yeah interesting characters and Gab uh, as you say obviously if I had to put a gun to your head and say which do you think will last longer in the job who, who do you think will be living in Bristol longer there's a good question. Um, well, I, I think in terms of um, the contracts, uh, Pearson's, I believe, is contracted until the end of the season. And um, I mean, I would imagine that if all goes reasonably to plan, he'll probably get that extended uh, into next season. But Barton's actually signed uh, a long-term contract at Bristol Rovers. And um, I feel as though there's a, a poss- there's a stronger possibility that he'll um, he'll stay there long based on the the contract length. Um, I I feel like he'll keep them up this season. Um, I would yeah. So if I had to guess, I'd probably go with Barton. But I, I think they're both good appointments because Pearson's obviously got previous at Championship level, and Barton of course got Fleetwood into the top six last season. Thank you very much. Right, we'll come on to your selections for the weekend action, Gab. You're kicking off in the Championship with Reading to get the better of Rotherham at 8-5. to Reading, of course, who, um, I think it's fair to say, suffered a shock defeat in midweek to Wickham. They did, yeah. It was very surprising. Um, I, I feel as though that loss to Wickham may have affected the odds. I don't think that in normal circumstances you would get Reading, who were... Um, Fantastic, you know, very much in the mix for promotion this season. They've got still got 51 points from 32 games, which is great form, albeit, you know, not good recent form, if you like. Um, eight to five, I think, is a big price considering how much better they've been over the course of the campaign than, than Rotherham United, who, of course, have themselves lost their last four games. I think Rotherham had a decent spell. Um, sort of just after Christmas where uh, Paul Warren switched to the three five one one system and they got some good results, especially did the double against Derby. But I think there's been concerns from the Miller's perspective that the intensity of their displays have kind of dropped off a little bit and that's maybe a little bit of a worry for the Millers. I also don't think it will take much for Reading to get back to their to the levels they're capable of because I've got the lineup for that they played at Wickham um, last night, and they had four centre backs in the team, and uh, essentially three holding midfielders. And I think Valjo Kapanovic was criticised for being, maybe being a little bit too defensive in in the way he set his side up against the bottom team in the division. But if you look at the the, the bench they had, they've got um, Estevez, who's an attacking right back. He can play right wing. They've got Omar Richards in there, who could, they could bring in at left back. Andy Yeardham, uh, Puss 
Cass. Uh, he's a, a sort of individualistic forward. They've got players who I think can sort of freshen the team up. And I think that with a more balanced lineup, I think we'll see more of the Reading side we've, uh, you know, we've lo- known and loved, I guess, um, this season. So I think at eight to five, I think that's a chunky price, but they do need to bounce back from that defeat at Wickham. Next up, we're heading into League One, Gab, where you're going to go for the double chance. Uh, AFC Wimbledon play host to Hull City, and you're going to kind of try and get the favourites beat here. AFC Wimbledon double chance uh, as the draw or the win is 11 to 10. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've been really impressed by uh, Mark Robinson with the work that he's done since taking charge. They've won two um, the two league wins in in three games, which I think is a fantastic uh, start. Um, he's a very popular figure at the club. I've watched a lot of his interviews. He speaks really well, and um, he, he never he's sort of very level headed guy. I think as well, he doesn't sort of involve himself in the emotional side of the game in the way that previous managers of Wimbledon have done and I think that that's um that's that shows that he's a really good coach uh, for me very um and uh, and yeah he's someone I'm really excited to see more of over the next year or so um Hull of course are in promotion contention this year but their form has dropped off a little bit in recent weeks they lost to Ipswich on Tuesday night um they um conceded um an a 90 plus 12 minute equaliser um, at Doncaster, which was a bit of a killer. Um, lost to MK Dons recently, lost to Burton. The form hasn't been great. And um, for that reason, that I do think that AFC Wimbledon are underrated. I think they're a different proposition since Mark Robinson has taken charge. Um, bringing Ben Hennigan, who's a good centre back at this level, into defence has certainly helped them as well. They've got a talent in uh, in Jack Rodoni. He's got a fantastic winger, uh, winner, sorry, um, against Gillingham in midweek. And they got forwards like Joe Piggott and Ryan Longman, who, as we saw earlier in the campaign, can do damage. So I'm feeling pretty good about Wimbledon, and I, I think they'll avoid defeat at um, the double chance, 11-10. to 10. Lovely stuff, Gab. Now, finally, the last selection intrigues me uh, a little bit, I must say. You're going to go for Grimsby Town, who I personally wouldn't have that much confidence just looking at recent things. Obviously, Ian Holloway left mm. recently. You're going to go with them, draw no bet against Harrogate Town. Just just give us a bit of background to both teams and why you like Grimsby, draw no bet. Sure. Um, I, I think that Grimsby may brought in um, a lot of signings in January to support uh, Paul Hurst, who was the man to replace Holloway. And... I feel like a lot of those signings have improved on loan and he's a really energetic midfielder who can carry the ball forward. They've got Joe Adams, who's a very talented wide player in there. Um, lots of players that I like. Uh, Roland Maniesa, he's a very athletic centre-back. Um, Maurice, of course, scored against his old club in midweek. He's a very technical player. And they got Stefan Payne, who was, um, really thrived, actually, under Paul Hurst when they just missed out on promotion uh, with Shrewsbury um, a few seasons ago. So they've made some good signings and I kind of, there's, there's optimism that takeover from uh, a consortium led by Jason Stockwood. Um, I, I know for a fact that this consortium are, are good people with the best intentions for the football club. Um, that's yet to be ratified by the EFL, but there's a, a sort of a feel good factor there that I feel could help Grimsby against uh, against Harrogate, who have played the same eleven in a lot of their games recently, and I feel like there may be a bit of fatigue setting in there. So I feel like Grimsby, after that first win of Paul Hurst, second spell uh, in charge on Tuesday, 
I've I've got a good feeling they might be um, might be decent value here, even though they're, they're, the league table says that they're not in a good position. So, um, I've, I'm fancying Grimsby for this one, and I've gone with the draw no bet at twenty one to ten. I do recall Gab uh, Felipe Moraes playing for for Hibs up here. He mm. played for he played for Hibs for a couple of years. He was he was pretty good, but this is going. That's when he was a lot younger. Yeah, that may have been. But it may have been about 10 years ago now, but I remember he was quite a bright player back then. So mm. I, I didn't actually realise he was still he was still around. So it's it's good to hear that he's still he's still doing it. Yeah, absolutely. He's um yeah he's probably not the uh, the quickest player, but I think he's uh, technically really strong. He can put some good deliveries yeah. in. Um, I mean, came through I think the ranks at Chelsea at the beginning of his career. So um, I think he's got pedigree for this level, and I, I do think that he's going to give um uh, in, improve Grimsby's chances for sure. Yeah, they've no doubt slowed, slowed down like us all, but like um, football brain wise, that's probably what's keeping him going because you can tell he was like technically gifted if you know what I mean yeah definitely well uh, if you like all three of Gab's selections uh, £5 returns 15 to 1 we always uh, I know Gab's keen to advise them uh, as singles traditionally but Gab a lovely little mix there Uh, be interesting to see how Reading get on in particular we look forward to having you back next week and I suspect we may well have some more managerial movements and changes and chops to uh, have a little chat about yeah absolutely look forward to it Sam hey Harry hello mate Set smart TV to record the football later. You've got to be joking, haven't you? I haven't got a clue. But I tell you what, if you want to chuck a few quid on it, your best bet is to try that BetVictor app. Even I'm a whiz on that. Listen to Harry and make your best bet with BetVictor. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. Son, seen the remote? Well, finally we come to our Premier League segment. And boy, we've got a great weekend ahead. Dougie, just very quickly... Last week, one bet from me, 4-1 winner. Palace get the job done against Brighton. Have you ever seen a more undeserving result? Um, yeah, better late than never, Sam. I actually think, uh, if I cast my mind back to last week, I think we were in agreement that Palace had a good opportunity there. And Although you made hard work of it, you got there in the end. So yeah, congratulations, kudos. Oh, yeah, uh, only Roy Hodgson could somehow get a result like that. Brighton seemed to have some sort of mad XG in a lot of their games, but could still be the down for them. But we move forward. All well and good crying about last week's winner, but we've got to find you some for this week. Uh, some great games. The Premier League action comes thick and fast, as you'd expect this time of year. Uh, but the gaming focus that we're going to kick off with is Chelsea versus Manchester United. Uh, Chelsea six to five at time of recording, twelve to five the draw, twenty three to ten Ole's men to get the win on the road. Before I bring Dougie in, just run through recent form. Both unbeaten in the last five. United last seen putting three past Newcastle at home. Chelsea got a very good result midweek against Atletico uh, in the Champions League. Fair play to them because they are not an easy side to play at any type of game, let alone in a Champions League knockout game. Uh, Right, Dougie. Chelsea v United, old enemies back in line, but a bit of a new change at the bridge with Thomas Tuchel in. He's been a uh, well. He's been excellent. I think you know a lot of people have are maybe down on his style of play. Harks back to the days of Mourinho when he first came on the scene. Possibly a lot of people have likened him to that. But he is very efficient, and the the team are playing well. They're defensively uh, reorganised, and they all know their, their their individual jobs. So, look, he's he's he gave uh, Chelsea a definite 
uh, robustness and they, they seem as if they now uh, could turn into a, a good side. I think they'll, they'll, finish, they'll finish the season strong. Um, you know, they're showing every sign that, that they can do that. Uh, up against Man U here, I think this game, I think it's quite clear how this game will, will play out. You know, I think uh, Chelsea won't want to give too much away. And I think that United might be frustrated here because what they want really is Chelsea to come at them, you know, so they can utilise the, the counter-attack that they've got and, and they've used so effectively. So, um, yeah, I think they might find themselves a bit frustrated because Chelsea will be patient and they'll sit in and they'll happily give United the territory to take the game uh, to themselves. So, unlike what I've been saying for most of the season, I actually think that this could be uh, the day that United lose their uh, fantastic away record. That's interesting. I, I find these games one of the hardest to call. I'd, I'd like, I always want to try and have, find a value bet in them, but I think it's a real challenge because you wouldn't be surprised by any result here. United get the good run on the road and, and continue it. Fair enough. Chelsea get the home win. If you had to push me on the win draw win market, I think I think I'd be in favour of a draw. I could see that suiting both sides really. Uh, no face loss, but it's certainly going to be intriguing. I must say, um, won't be many goals in this. I don't think you know. No, you think um, it's going to be a tight I think, game? I think, I think it could be. <laughs> believe it or not, I think it could be no nil. Um, you know, I think it'll be very very tight. But I think Chelsea. Um, Look, if this was Frank Lampard's Chelsea, I would be all over United here because I because I would know that Chelsea would just be taking the game to United, they'd be attacking them, and United pick them off. It's just not going to be like that here. It's going to be a case of, um, I think Chelsea will sit in, they'll be patient, and it'll be rules reversed. It'll be United that will need to take the take the game with them. So, you know, regardless to where this game gets played, if it's home and away advantage, I don't really want to focus on that. It's more the style of play for mm-hmm. both sides, and I think that. Uh, I think that's the way it'll probably play out. And if it does, I think Chelsea, I mean, you, you could be a bit cautious, I suppose, and go Chelsea on the, on the, um, on the draw no bet. You know, you could look at that, look down that route. But I think, uh, I think it could be 1-0 Chelsea, under two and a half goals, you know, all, all those sort of angles I'd be looking at. Well, the good news is if you disagree with Dougie, a goal to be scored in both halves is 17 to 20 on the site. Enhanced price there. We've also got over 5.5 goals at 16 to 1 from 12 to 1. I'm not too convinced by that one, but Bruno Fernandes to score the first goal is 6 to 1 from 5 to 1. Uh, he's going to be a pretty big player for United in this part of the season as he has been throughout. Don't forget we've got our bet builder on site as well. Uh, both teams over 3.5 corners and over 0.5 cards each, 6 to 5. Could be a nice 90-minute bet for you. And we've got the VAR specials on there, the dreaded VAR specials. Uh, it's not going away, is it, Dougie, VAR at the moment? seems to just be oh, everywhere. It'll never go away, you know. It's, it'll, it'll never go away. And the thing is, with VAR, I actually, like, in principle, I agree with you. know, I think it's a good idea in principle, but it's just been, in some ways, overused this season. Um, I think they need to refine it a little bit. If they refine it, it could be really useful. Um, you know, I've seen some... Some excellent decisions from it, but I've seen some equally horrendous ones as well. So they really need to look at it more. So sort of work in progress, I think, um, is, and, and, and go and go from there. But it's a it's a tough one. It is a tough one because you know it doesn't matter how offside you are. If you're offside, you're offside. I get that point of view. But at the same time, if your toenails offside, should you be offside? That's, uh, it's just that's it. That's the thing. I don't know if people saw the first goal that Palace scored against Brighton. The, the, the player almost was looking around to see 
Uh, is it going to mm. stand before he could celebrate? Which is, I just think it's horrible to see. But there you go. Right. Um, yeah, that's that, that's that, that's a symptom of it. I don't yeah. think they'll ever go away. No, sadly not. Right, Dougie. Uh, other games you quite like this weekend that you want to have a look at or maybe put a bet up for? We've got loads of great games. I personally looked on Saturday and thought that the game I probably most want to sit and watch the full ninety of uh, Leeds v Villa. I thought at five thirty could be interesting. Anything in that you like? Yeah, I think that's a cracker. You know, uh, you feel it's, the thing is with Leeds, you're either it's either feast or famine. You they either you know score loads or it can be quite tight. Um, you know, I really like Aston Villa. I think Aston Villa are a good side. And on a, on the counter attack here, I think they might have enough to to you uh, well. I say this they usually have enough to beat Leeds, but they are missing Jack Grealish, so I think that'll be a big miss. Maybe sit in the fence with this one because of that and go for the draw. Um, other than that, uh, I, I think Wolves will have enough to beat Newcastle. I don't think Newcastle are up to much at the moment, so I would, I would, I'd be going for, for Wolves in that one. Um, I don't think, uh, I don't think, New, I think Newcastle season's actually ran its course. You know, they're pretty much safe. Just a case oh, of moving I, on I, to them. Ha, ha, you think Newcastle are safe? You don't think that Fulham can uh, possibly catch them? Uh, no, I think, uh, no, I don't think so. Wow. Okay. I, I, I think I, they, I think they, I think Fulham, Fulham have just left themselves too much to do. I think I think at the bottom when you look at the bottom of the when you look at the bottom of the Premier League, the gap is. I mean, the gap is huge. So it's it's a case of Fulham all season have stuttered and started, and you know they've had too many draws. They don't win enough games. I think. Uh, it's only I think Dougie, go down. It is. It is only a three point gap. I mean, just saying. Fulham are only three points off them now with a with a better goal difference by six goals. Uh, I'll have a little match bet with you, Dougie. Fulham finish higher than Newcastle. How about that? You think you, you honestly think that will happen? I'll have okay, a sport well. a sporting bet with you. There we go. We'll, we'll decide off air what the stakes are. Potentially, one of us will be jumping into the sea uh, in just a bore at Mankini, but we'll talk about that off air. Uh, Dougie, anything else from the Sunday games you like that you want to put into a bet this weekend? I, at think, all? I think I think Sunday's the much better day in terms of fixtures. Um, you know, you've got Leicester v Arsenal, but a terrific match. Um, I think Leicester will, will have enough to beat Arsenal there. I think Leicester are playing excellent at the moment. Um, and then looking at the other fixtures, I don't even want to start to even consider back in Tottenham because they're just they're, they're, you just don't know what you're going to get. And it's kind of the same for Liverpool as well, although they're away to Sheffield United. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get with these sides. Just now they're so short on confidence. Um and my eyes kind of drawn again, obviously, to Chelsea v Manu, where I think, uh, obviously, we spoke about it earlier, I'm quite keen on on Chelsea there. I think if you're looking in terms of an ACA, um Chelsea would look pretty good in there with maybe Leicester in the double. So, Dougie's double. You got a price on that one? You want to go for the Chelsea-Leicester double? Yeah. Dougie's double. That's eleven to two, Dougie, at the moment for those two to win. That's in the quite, yeah, yeah, I think that's quite, quite nice. As I say, with Chelsea, I think the the one maybe one nil. I think it'll be close. Um, and Leicester, I think, are the better side between the two at the moment. They're, they're playing well. Uh, I don't think Arsenal will, will really sit back there and, and defend. I think they'll they'll have a go if Leicester let them, and then Leicester can utilise the the forward line and. Thank God, you know, Barnes, Madison, Bardi, they're playing absolutely fantastic at the moment. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to just put up a, a little interesting bet, I think, that, that will probably 
not probably set the town alight too much, but I'll follow up my theory that Newcastle are going to get dragged into a relegation battle and uh, put Wolves up at 6-5 to five, in there with Liverpool to get the win away at Sheffield United. Sheffield United surely uh, no way back for them now, and it's just a case of playing for pride. Liverpool should get back on track there. And Everton are a big price, I think, at 23-20 to 20 at home to Southampton. Uh, a Saints side that had their chances against Leeds, but were made to pay in the end. And my treble also pays... 11 to 2 so there you go a couple of options that's on the, yeah, on the Monday night Everton yeah. I think that's a good bet as well I think that's pretty pretty generous on Everton the way they're playing at the moment always good. dangerous when Dougie and me agree usually goes one way or the other rather dramatically but um, mm. right Dougie those are the bets covered that's the big game in focus covered but there is one thing left that we must do Man City play West Ham uh, that's the first game on Saturday at 12.30 and it's also means that West Ham are going to be this week's subject on the Hot Topic. Right, Dougie, come on then. West Ham, I think, are feasible contenders to finish in the top four this season. Change my mind. Oh, well, you're right. They are, they are contenders. I'll go to, further than that. Fi- I think West Ham will finish in the top four. There you go. Well, they're in there at the moment, right? And and they're only you know a couple of points ahead of Chelsea. They've played level games, and I think uh, I think you're basically the top three there. Whereas City, United, and Leicester are all are all nailed on. I don't think they're going to finish above any of those sides. Obviously, not City. Um, so really, they're competing against Chelsea here, and obviously say Liverpool as well. Liverpool can and probably will turn the corner at one point before the end of the season um, and we get need to give a shout to Everton as well who have got a game in hand in Liverpool so I mean it's close they're ahead at the moment the one team I would say that uh, I think will finish in the Champions League places is Chelsea I think Chelsea where uh, Thomas Tuchel he's, he's, he's come in there and he's I spoke about this earlier he's, you know, he's, he's got the team playing a totally different system where they are very um, disciplined and they're robust to the back. They're not giving away many goals, and uh, and they've got enough going forward. Uh, they're versatile enough going forward to, to get goals. So whilst I think that you know Chelsea, they'll still have the odds slip up like they did last week against Southampton. But I think uh, out of all those teams I've mentioned there, West Ham, Chelsea, Liverpool, and Everton, they, they are the ones that uh, I think will have the most potential to go on a to, to go on an unbeaten run. Here's my reason that West Ham finished in the top four. Right, here we go. They've got some tough fixtures coming up, starting with City. I understand that they play City, then they've got Leeds at home, then they go to United away, uh, Arsenal at home after that. However, once you get that four-game sort of spell out of the way, they have a kind end to the season. They've got their destiny in their own hand a little bit. They play the likes of Leicester and Chelsea later on. They've also got some probable dead rubbers towards the end of the season if relegation's already decided. They end with Southampton at home and West Brom away. Feasibly, both teams will have nothing to play for at that point, I suspect. They've got Brighton in the penultimate game. I think their end of the season means they could quite easily be picking up nine points in the last three games. They also have the beauty of being one of the only teams in contention for the top four who don't have cup competitions on their mind, including most of the teams around them having European competition, Dougie. So the likes of Leicester, who uh, could potentially go out, obviously they've got to go and get the better of Slavia Praga uh, fairly soon. But you've got all the other sides that are in European action. It's hard. They, you know, they have to juggle schedules. You know, there are teams in the FA Cup still. Obviously, West Ham went out of that. But 
I think they're really well placed. And there's a third reason, Dougie, we've got to talk about him. I think Jesse Lingard has produced such a brilliant breath of fresh air into that team. He's invigorated them. Uh, well, I think he's overrated, to be honest. He's had a good impact, but um, I don't... Yeah, I don't see don't see him playing like that until the end of the season. He's always throughout his career been a very inconsistent player, has patches of form, and he can go right off the boil. So there's nothing to say that he's going to continue that. I don't think you can hang your hat on his form to get Chelsea, eh, sorry, to get West Ham into the, the Champions League. I, 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 listen, 9-2 to two with ourselves, West Ham to make the top four. I mean, listen, at the start of the season... There was, I think, you know what? I think there was one man who actually suggested that West Ham were going to have a good year this year, and it was on our pre-season preview of Michael Owen. Do you remember that, Dougie? Yeah, it won't be the first time Michael's hit the nail on the head. Yeah. It's, um, Fair been, play, because it, it was pretty left field on paper, but credit where credit's due. David Moyes, what a job he is doing. Certainly seems to be out to prove people wrong. Let us know your thoughts. Do you think West Ham will finish in the top four this season? Uh they're only they're close enough to Leicester to possibly even be getting in the mix for that third position as well. I, I, I think they've got an outstanding chance. But I want to thank all our contributors for this week. Please don't forget, do share the podcast, give it a subscribe as well so you can get it straight to however you choose to consume your podcast. Always gamble responsibly as well. All odds are correct at time of recording. And we'll be back next week with some very interesting news and plenty more features for you to enjoy. 